seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? There's a crisis in the White House. What's the crisis? And the president's top advisors have been called together. Oh, jeez. The sexual misconduct occurred inside the Oval Office. With the election only days away, how much will this scandal affect the outcome? The president spent the weekend pressing the flash. He wasn't campaigning, he was dating, actually. Now, Washington's top spin doctor. We can distract the press for 11 days till the election. I think we got a chance. Has an idea. We can't afford a war. Gonna have the appearance of a war. But he can't pull it off without Hollywood's top producer. Uh, do I know you? We have some mutual friends in Washington. Why come to me? We want you to produce. You want me to produce your war? Not a war, it's a pageant. We need a theme, a song, some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. New Line Cinema presents... How close are you to this? What do you want the kid to say? All the spectacle. I know we're all concerned for the president. I know we're all concerned for the president. I know uh, that we're all concerned for the president. He didn't, he didn't sell the line. All the drama. The president's going to go to war with Albania in about 30 minutes. Albania's hard to ride. These are chips. We need it for the armed position on the screen. It'll be a kit, and we'll punch it in later, right? And all the effects of real war. OK, put the, the village behind her. Give me some sound of screaming. Without the casualties. America has seldom witnessed a more poignant picture. They used the same process with the last Schwarzenegger movie. You're the man. Albania, Albania. That rhymes. I can't believe it. We forgot a hero. It was like we sent him the Christmas card and we left out the what do you call? Fruitcake. There you go. Sergeant Schumann, if I may, welcome to history. How are you? Anybody want a beer? Because I could party. When it's cooking, it's cooking. From Academy Award-winning director Barry Levinson. When this goes national, I get to put it on my resume? Actually, no. What, what could they do to me? Take them home to your house and kill you. Academy Award winner Dustin Hoffman. This is politics at its finest. Academy Award winner Robert De Niro. How would you like an ambassadorship? That's my payoff. Hell, I just do it for a story to tell. Oh, no, you couldn't tell anybody. Listen, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, I mean, you couldn't tell no, no, no. It's just a, it's a, it's, it's a pageant. It's a pageant. That's what it is. Wag the dog. When the fit hits the shan, somebody's going to have to stay after school. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, dude? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty all right. I'm not dying of the Rona, so there, there is that. Hey, that that is that confirmed? Uh, no, well, no, not not officially. <laughs> I think I, I guess physically I don't feel like I'm dying of the Rona exactly, but you, uh, you yeah. didn't you Still... didn't take your private helicopter to a very fancy hospital with twelve doctors and experimental medicine, and you're lying to me, are you? That, that's exactly what I did. In fact, I made them come pick me up in two helicopters. I, I put the cat in one. Did you make your bodyguards drive you around in an airtight <laughs> vehicle so you could wave at your fans? Like, please don't sneeze on us, boss. We really don't want to be driving you around right now. But I see what you mean. You are 
I was hoping for it to be medically confirmed, but you just mean you feel great and not on steroids and not shooting messages in front of a green screen that's pretending to be the White House. I mean, not yet. <laughs> that that might come later. I mean, do you have a green screen? I have a green screen for some fucking reason. I have one for some fucking reason, too. I think I originally I bought it for stop-motion stuff to hide the uh, the the wood paneling of my beautiful uh, non-Trumpian home here. Uh but I never got around to using it, and it's laying on the floor right now, and the cat uses it as a bed. So I bet even if I wanted to use it as a green screen right now, if I don't wash it, like I'm going to get all kinds of fucking cat hair shit in the background floating around. So that'll be fun. It's just snowing in all of the things you do. <laughs> it's a little bit of static. You're just watching it on an old-timey TV. Oh, like the old shoe song. But we could get to that later. Are you rolling? Oh, yeah, you know me. We'll get to uh, Linda Tripp and stuff like that later, but I start the recording before I make the phone call. Yep. I knew that. I just felt like asking and confirming. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, totally, I'm not expecting you to be ready to go. I just right. I figure we'll either use some of this or we will be like, okay, we're going to do it for real now. We will set us ourselves up for great success or great failure because the way this movie is, it's a dark satirical comedy. So instead of going you know, step by step through it, basically just retelling someone else's jokes, I figured, right. you know, we could do the basic premise, you know, talk about some parts that really stood out and then we can just get into the straight talk. Right. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's not take a fucking hour and a half to get to the movie conversation like I did on the crazies episode. We can we can just start right into fucking wag the dog and then and then have the bullshit on the back half. That way, I I really don't know if anybody that doesn't want to hear anything political <laughs> actually listens to this show. People do listen to the show. But right. Yet I I see this as being one that people skip, although. A lot of our friends are horror, you know, horror podcasters. So, you're yeah, not this really was weird watching this movie in the middle of October. <laughs> I had to take a break from all the Jason movies to watch Wag the Dog. Yeah, you know, and I'm watching In the Mouth of uh, Madness for uh, a bite sized cinema episode uh, after oh. uh, later this weekend. But yeah, I watched um, The Swamp, that documentary. Uh, as in HBO as in draining the swamp yeah as in drain the swamp right and uh we, we can we, we'll, we'll save that but yeah i've been interspersing terrifying things from real life and horror movies this month but yeah wag the dog you are mark i am darren i'm told Hello. we're supposed to do that this is the psychosemantic podcast i am darren who is always here here is mark who is occasionally here Mark was here about two months ago. Um, yep. Yeah. That was a long episode, like we were saying earlier. I, I, I'm i sorry, listeners. Uh, I, I went back and listened to that, and I was like, man, this is fucking depressing. This is just me, like, talking about how fucked up things are, drunk on whiskey for an hour and a half. And uh, thankfully, Darren's a master editor and cut a lot of that bullshit out. So that could have been, like, two and a half hours or so. <laughs> yeah, Count your blessings, listeners. Oh, I'm saving it all for the director's cut. <laughs> the blackmail version tonight is not uh I, I don't know the alcohol is out of the way 
So I got stoned and I'm drinking a soda. Kind of like uh, the Barry, I, I almost called him Barry Seinfeld. Barry, Barry Seinfeld, director of Wag the Dog. That is his name, right? <laughs> Look at right at the fucking. It is Wikipedia. Barry, but it's Barry Levinson. Levinson, the other yes. Barry. Yep, the director of Diner and Sleepers and Good Morning Vietnam and other I, Brain I, Man, I think. Oh, really? That that, that makes sense. The the Dustin Hoffman connection there. I, I was 11 years old when this movie came out, and I remember renting it from the local grocery store video department uh, and took it to my grandma's to watch it. She actually wanted to see it because I think she was a pretty big De Niro and Hoffman fan. So, uh, yeah, I had vague memories of seeing this a really long time ago, and I definitely think I was like, I don't know, I was a pretty sharp kid. I, I was reading stuff like way above my level. I definitely don't think I... Well, well, we'll get into it, but there's parts of this plot that I probably didn't understand at 11 years old, but there was other stuff that I think well, I was probably sharp enough to pick up on, like, oh, these guys are, like, kind of, like, government scumbags, like, making, making the election kind of fucking rigged, basically, so, uh, yeah, uh, do, do you got the, uh, the, the synopsis there somewhere? Yeah, Wag the Dog is a 1997 American political satire black comedy. Starring Dustin Hoffman. We're going to get to the cast because what a fucking cast. But it's Robert De Niro, the spin doctor, and Dustin Hoffman, the Hollywood producer, fabricate a war with Albania to distract voters from a presidential sex scandal 11 days before the election. And it shows how they uh, deal with that. It's The screenplay is by Hilary Hankin, whose biggest credit I saw was Roadhouse. And oh, really? Yep. And David Mamet, <laughs> uh, who wrote like a fuck ton of plays, was William H. Macy's drama teacher in college and uh, The Untouchables and stuff. I, he, I think he was huge in TV. He wrote a whole shitload of something. I mean, he's all over the place. His his credits were. He's won Tony's and Pulitzer, a Pulitzer, apparently. That's kind of fucking wild. It is loosely based off Larry Beinhart's 1993 novel, American Hero, which I have never read. Uh, other nope. famous people in here that I don't really know if I noticed that much when I first saw this. I was in high school. I was in early high school when this came out. And I was already blooming into a political psychopath junkie <laughs> so you'd listen to the dead kennedy's records and you became a communist yep happens to the best of us <laughs> so kind of the big deal about this movie right is that it came out like a couple months before the monica Lewinsky scandal so a lot of people were like uh what the fuck dude how is this like so closely because then we like we basically went to war with somebody or like there, there was like a, a police action somewhere oh, almost yes. immediately after the uh, the Monica Lewinsky shit. Yes, this I think this came out four weeks before the Monica Lewinsky thing. Oh, shit. Happened. And a couple days. Yeah, a couple days after the Lewinsky scandal broke, Bill Clinton ordered missile strikes against Afghanistan and the Sudan. And then during his impeachment proceedings, he bombed Iraq. And then in later 1999, when he was still dealing with all of that shit, he started bombing Yugoslavia. And it also 
uh, I, it's, I, we almost did this back in January. Well, you and I didn't almost do this. I don't think I had anybody in mind yet, but I almost did this on Psychosemantic with somebody. Could have been you. Right. Back in January I think it's probably me. When Trump had the the Iranian guy assassinated at the Iraq airport. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it was looking like we were going to war again. And they they were uh, talking about the making of this movie that it kind of seemed like oh of course if they had had a Lega Linda trip like I was talking about earlier which might make it in the episode about recording before I make the phone call. <laughs> There's like characters from real life that the producers and the filmmakers figured if they had them in the movie, it would be too ridiculous to believe. And the initial commentary was about the Iraq war, the first Bush Iraq war, I guess I should say, because there's quite a few. Right. And they do reference that quite, quite a lot. The, um, what's Conrad? Yeah. Robert De Niro is Conrad talks about, you know, you, you make a war, you make it on TV. Uh, so I guess we could go a little bit more into this, but like, like we said, there's, it's a dark comedy. You don't want to hear us tell the jokes that Dennis Leary and Willie Nelson and Woody Harrelson and William H. Macy and Robert De Niro and Anne Heche, if I didn't say that, like when she flips out on him later calling him like a <laughs> commie affirmative action <laughs> action mother. What about that, you liberal fuck? You liberal communist fuck. Un- unloads on him at some point in this movie when their fucking plane crashes and they they have their uh, their return soldier. But uh, oh, yeah, the, the, so, so this movie, yeah, it's, it's basically about the. I I, I kind of love like the first third of this where a lot of it is them kind of assembling a team. Like obviously the first one they call on is Robert De Niro. He's like he's like a political fixer. I think the Wikipedia calls him a spin doctor, which is kind of a good way to put it. He's like I need a car and twenty thousand dollars, and he just kind of sets out putting together his own team, starting with the Dustin Hoffman's character. He's a movie producer and they are going to, they, they, I love that they call it like a pageant. They're like, this isn't, this isn't a war. This is, this is just a pageant. It's just, you know, it's just a show for the cameras and shit kind of deal. So the, then they, they get like uh, uh Dennis Leary shows up. He's, he's got a few lines. Will, Willie Nelson's sort of not really playing himself. I think he has a different name, but he's yeah. basically playing Willie Nelson. And he's Willie Nelson is Johnny Dean. Johnny Dean, he's he's tasked with writing a really catchy song because they're they're thinking about merchandising rights and shit too. Uh, like it's it's gonna be a whole thing. This is gonna make them a lot of money and win the dude the election because technically, like all all they have to do is keep his you know keep people distracted from this long enough for the dude to win the election, and they got eleven days. So you got kind of the the ticking clock factor going there too. But. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a really interesting movie to revisit all these years. Like, a lot of the dialogue's very... It, it has just kind of a weird pace to it that feels very Altman, where, like, a lot of the dialogue is, like, almost kind of overlapping each other. And it, it just doesn't fuck around. It, it, it gets a lot of story out in... I think this is shy of two hours somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, I, I dug this movie a lot coming back to this. This, 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 this was very poignant and relevant to things going on nowadays it's uh i think it's just over an hour and a half i, I had it down as 97 minutes everybody's kind of loosely based on like actual people like you said like i, I think uh 
Well, Dustin Hoffman later said that his character is based on kind of on his dad, who is a, a props manager for Columbia or somebody. But there, there's also some other big Hollywood producer that he's supposed to be like that was like uh, it, it was like almost the exact copy. Let me see if I can uh, do 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 do. Uh, um, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he'd he'd been in Hollywood for so long. I'm sure he had plenty of inspiration uh, for Stan. Robert Robert Evans is who he's oh, really? uh, based based loosely on. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, so Rosemary's Baby, The Godfather, Chinatown, a bunch of stuff like that. So he was also a big big deal producer that wore big black trim glasses and was like uh like kind of a big deal, I guess you'd say. So. Um, yeah, a lot of this movie just follows De Niro and Hoffman, who I think are like pretty amazing on screen together. They're uh, they just kind of they they riff off each other so well, and they just look like they're having a shitload of fun throughout all this. And uh, yeah, I did not have the subtitles on. Oh, I had to. This, this is one of those movies where the dialogue's recorded super low, so you're gonna miss a lot of shit if you don't have the subtitles on. I watched it with headphones. Ah, uh, that might not be so bad. But I thought the fad. King was called something else when they mm. were referencing Dennis nope. Leary. <laughs> and he really likes cigarettes and he's from Britain. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, it's 1997. People still said shit like that, but. Only in certain movies. This is a classy, a classy ordeal, which also made it even weirder compared to the shit that I'm usually watching and talking about for podcasts. Yeah, I I think they're all the all the deaths in this movie appeared off screen. Or were completely fabricated. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess there is there is one death cuz yeah, they, at some point in their their spin story, they come up with this guy Shu who was left behind enemy lines in Albania after the the action there that didn't actually happen, but they, which later like the the opposing the other guy spoils for them on tv which was kind of a funny scene but yeah Shu played by woody harrelson who is actually a dude that's been in a fucking military prison because he like raped a nun or something yes he's he's like totally off his rocker they're they're feeding him pills just to keep him like somewhat calm but like (laughs) clearly he's a super dangerous dude and that's that's when I felt kind of like this movie painted itself into a corner a little bit. I'm like, what the fuck? You're never going to be able to pass this dude off as like a your your, your war hero that you want. He's completely insane. But then the the then the plane crashes, and uh, they get stranded in like a little bumpkin town. And uh, Woody Harrelson's character Shu gets himself into some trouble and gets fucking blasted. So it turns into a, a coming home funeral for their their big war hero. So. And they still did the fucking dog thing where that you rub meat on it, so the dog goes up. To oh yeah. It. <laughs> they just switched it from you know rub it on his hand, and the dog would come up and lick it, and everybody loves him. It's like yeah, just I love that part. The the whole exchange <laughs> earlier too, where like they're they're shooting the the footage of the Albanian girl running away, like that's that's like what they lead with. They're like, oh my god, here's this footage of a woman escaping her killers in Albania, and it's Kirsten Dunst. And she's fucking running on a green screen with a bag of potato chips in her arms. And they're like, like they, they get like a whole bunch of pet carriers full of different like cats. And like, um, what's his face? What's his face from half bake shows up Harlan with a Williams. fucking Harlan Williams shows up with a fucking 
uh, a, a poodle mix of some kind. I forget what the joke is there, but yeah, he, he Lasso shows up for Lasso Opso, which Dustin Hoffman keeps calling like a Lopso Opso or something. <laughs> it's not a kitten, that's a cat. <laughs> it's just like a such a throwaway joke that they got Harlan Williams to show for like one day for her that I thought I, I was laughing at that. Do you see David Keckner? No, where does he show up in this? He's he's in the sound booth when they're setting up all the shit on the screen. Uh, oh. I, I think he's just credited as director. Oh, okay. He's, he's at that table where they're talking about putting the Anne Frank sirens. Oh, he's that guy. Okay. God, yeah, he's I didn't he's even the guy him. next to him. He's uh that guy with the... Oh, okay. He's the guy next to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's at the end of that table. He he says a he says a couple lines, but it's like young skinny David Keckner. Still bald. But Oh yeah, he that dude was born bald and lived bald. <laughs> I'm convinced. I, I just laughed at like the the part like where they drag in like all of these fucking there's like 12 pet carriers with different there there's no kittens which is what he wanted but there's like every other kind of fucking cat and like a dog in there somewhere and then eventually there's like fuck it we'll do it optically so he's like have her carrying around a bag of potato chips so they <laughs> this the special effects scenes are pretty laughable because it's like it definitely even by especially by 1997 standards it's not as easy as punching a button in a control room and be like all right that fucking bag of potato chips is a totally realistic lifelike cat now so uh gotta be the white cat try the white cat I'm sure it was a lot easier than like showing like a Pixar studio where they're like chained to their desks and being fucking whipped into making all these fucking animations as fast as possible. Or like the, like the, the Simpsons studio, I think they did that joke at some point, but uh, yeah, wag the dog. What, what else about this? Uh, the, I've read some interesting factoid about the soundtrack on this where like the only if you bought at the time the original soundtrack of this on like CD or cassette or whatever it didn't have any of the songs that Willie Nelson writes in the movie like the old shoe song isn't in there and none of the rest of the like the guarding the border song about Canada or whatever uh, none of that shit is on the soundtrack it's all the uh, like instrumental music that Mark Knopfler wrote and like the, the the theme song and it's only like eight tracks long and people are like what the fuck we wanted the old shoe song on the soundtrack so i don't know what the hell the reasoning with that was i don't know see he's credited as himself in the movie or you know he didn't use a pseudonym for you know like guild reasons you know sometimes it's shit like that so i don't know yeah. Maybe he still had a shitty contract in the 90s where some label owned all of his stuff and they were not part because this was a new line. Yeah, and they were still they were still kind of nobodies at this time. Well, maybe not nobodies, but they hadn't been gobbled up by like AOL, Time Warner, or whatever the fuck at this point. I don't think I think they were still a relatively independent studio, but they they had huge success. You know, ten years before this with the Night, Nightmare on Elm Street thing movies, it's it's kind of like the Blumhouse thing now, or the Paranormal Activity movies made those people enough money that they can make cheap movies for the rest of fucking time. I was kind of where New Line was at at this point. I think this is pre a couple years before Lord of the Rings, but like a good decade after Friday the Third or um, Nightmare on Elm Street had kind of run its course and made them about as much money as it was going to. So um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I didn't check. I I wasn't even sure who the uh, 
because obviously New Line didn't have like a record label at, at that point, so somebody else must have. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, the Wikipedia doesn't say which which it came out. It just says that yeah, it was only the Mark Knopfler instrumentals and the theme theme song. I don't know what label it was on, but that's kind of a bummer because that, that was yeah another one of my favorite parts of this movie is Willie Nelson just getting to do do his thing. Like when they when they tell him that the war had ended, and he was like, "I was just on my way to get drunk." Well, you can do that, but I need a new song. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, a lot of fun in this movie. I could totally see how there there is the influence, the playwright influence from Mamet. I, I mean, I don't know a lot about Mamet, but you know, a lot of the characters play to the back of the room. I like Old Shoe a lot more than that uh, We Are the World type song he was working on first before the... I <laughs> Definitely. Old Shoe is much, much better. The fabricated politics and stuff that this just pokes at. I, I want to watch the documentary called The War Room that the writers reference in talking about this. That came out sometime around the time of this movie. I think a little bit before. But it was... I think about the first Clinton campaign or the news cycle. It was the news cycle. And I think it was the first Bill Clinton campaign, not the second. Right. So there's, you know, James Carville and all those fucking people. Tom Brokaw, I think just, um, all that shit. My grandma used to watch. Yeah. And now cable's like not even a thing. So I don't even have anything to compare it to nowadays. I mean, I guess it is still, but I don't fucking watch the shit, so I'm not super up to what cable looks like nowadays. Yeah, I don't know who would be the... I mean, Barbara Walters is still doing shit. But, right. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's like Keith Olbermann doing rant videos for GQ, or, I mean, there's <laughs> there's uh, Rachel Maddow on MSNBC. I don't know who the fuck you want to say is the news person at Fox. <laughs> they like they they just won another or got another lawsuit turned down because the judge ruled that no rational thinking person could think that uh Tucker Carlson is a serious journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I don't know who their person would be. Maybe it's the guy that big air quotes moderated the presidential debate. How long has Bill O'Reilly been off the air? Oh, I don't know. It's been like a few years now, hasn't it? I think he was probably the closest thing to Fox News having like a spokesperson, you know? Did he quit during one of his sex scandals? I'm pretty sure, but I can't remember how long ago that was. It feels like a couple of years now, but I could be wrong. Um, since 2017, he has hosted the No Spin News podcast. Yeah, that's what he's been doing in his meantime. Yep, which he founded after being fired uh, from Fox. So that was 2017, so yeah, three years ago. That sounds about right. Yep, he's about the closest thing Fox News had to, like, a face, I guess. Now, now they just let the fucking inmates run the asylum, basically. Do it live! <laughs> but, yeah, uh, wag the dog. I don't know if I got much else to say about this. I, I thought it was a really great movie to come back and revisit it's not like it's it's way not like the stuff i usually watch i'll I'll, I'll definitely say that but in a good way oh good (laughs) (laughs) i hadn't seen it in a while Uh, last time i checked it out it was when uh, one of my nieces 
did a paper on it. She did a paper on Wag the Dog and the Bill Clinton shit. She came over and went through my movie collection. <laughs> She's like, I've got to do something that's in relation to the government using the news. Yeah, this is a, this is a pretty good one. This is pretty much just about that. I think like you get that theme in kind of other movies, but this one this one is very very specific about that. But yeah, Wag the Dog. I, I think we talked about it for longer than I thought we were going to. Uh, you recommend it? I recommend it. It's not really hard. It's hard to find in physical form. Not hard, but I've got it on DVD, so that must mean the Blu-ray is expensive or doesn't exist. And you can yeah. get it digitally rent or buy this is not in the imdb fun facts of course there's the william randolph hearst connection well i don't know of course uh political nuts like me i, I don't know <laughs> have you are you aware of william randolph hearst uh i know the name but remind me who he is he was the newspaper tycoon that basically is partly to blame for the criminalization of marijuana uh, the, oh, okay. the Spanish-American War. Um, he he uh, he sort of built that up, uh, saying famously saying, "You supply the photographs, I'll supply the war." He made up stories about sabotage ships in Havana. USA got the Philippines for some time, and uh, te- uh, Teddy Roosevelt. It helped him get elected. Uh, Hearst, yeah, Hearst was part of the basis or a big uh, inspiration for the main character in Citizen Kane. Uh, and, oh, really? Yeah. And he, uh, he, what, Patty Hearst's grandpa or something like that. And, oh, he is also the, the villain in Newsies, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Newsies. Good old Newsies. I not thought about that movie in years. During World War One, D.W. Griffith, the super racist guy that did uh, Birth of a Nation, right? Yeah, yeah. Documented the war from the front lines. He was the only filmmaker allowed on the front lines, and he staged and filmed battle sequences for the war effort newsreels. Yeah, that's, yeah, Wag the Dog kind of brings that up a little bit. They're like, yeah, you ever notice it, how, like, amazing, like, all these famous war photos are and how, you know, how how memorable they are and how crisp they are, and they're, like, kind of insinuating that a lot of them are fucking staged as fuck. Yeah, that painting of Washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> you don't even remember the war, but you know the slogan. That's Hollywood. Yep. Uh, yeah, during during the Bolshevik Revolution, uh, 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 activist filmmakers uh, went after the image of imperialism by editing uh, American and other Western newsreels with footage of the czars sitting around and fucking off. Right. Uh, you know, World War Two. Frank Capra, speaking of famous Hollywood people. Uh, he did the Why We Fight series of that would play in theaters. And he sort of similarly to the Bolsheviks re-edited German and Japanese propaganda films. There's Hitler and Goebbels and Lenny Reifenstahl with uh, one of the quotes I saw about like their their approach to what they tried to get out of their propaganda 
was um, to create a turn the people of Germany into common visionaries who would obey a law they did not even know, but which they could recite in their dreams. That's an attribute to Goebbels quote. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, there's people who wake up like right before they get their coffee, say, oh, I'm going to get up and fucking make America great again. Got a MAGA keg. So it's, it's kind of worked. It's, it's still working. I think, I think we we just got out. Well, we can loop back in, but I think that is the end of the straight movie talk. Mothers, uh, plug your children's ears. We're, <laughs> we're getting into. I don't. I, I didn't have anything prepared, but uh, but let's take a quick break, and we will get back to the more freewheeling part part of our conversation. This is Bo from legionpodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. Got my water. I'm, I'm set to, for the, the meat and potatoes of the show, or is the movie review the meat and potatoes of the show? I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't, it depends on, I guess it depends on who's eating the meal. The second half of the show, what should we, where, where, where to fucking start? I don't even, you're rolling, right? Yo, of course, of course. Okay. So I don't know how much of the earlier stuff will make it on the air, but yeah, as we're sitting here right now, this is the Friday before before Columbus Day, right? That's Monday? You mean Indigenous People's Day? Yes, that. Not what I said. <laughs> I'd forgotten it because I'm pretty sure my Google fucking calendar still says uh, the, the other one. Oh, I'm sure it does, and I am recording here in Columbus, Ohio. Every once in a while, there are petitions to rename the city after a famous person that didn't induce genocide you know like <laughs> uh randy savage is was born in columbus uh, savage yeah. ohio would be pretty fucking rad but <laughs> macho I, I, man ohio yeah macho man ohio randy ohio <laughs> i'd be fine with any of that um <laughs> i think rl stein's from columbus uh oh nice he was in that scary stories 
documentary that I just watched last night, which I think the dude that directed that we had on the Midnight Horror Show many, many years ago. So it was kind of fun to watch that finally on Amazon Prime. They're like, oh, we talked to this guy. He's a fucking huge fan of those. And yeah, R.L. Stein shows up at some point because they have a whole segment on Goosebumps and other scary books, scary young adult books of the time. And he talks about how for years and years people called him like uh oh god what was it he's he's basically stephen king for kids but there was another another way of it that was like <laughs> way more oh, uh i forget what it was but it, there's like a derogatory intent to, to yeah. whatever the thing was yeah but anyway, yeah, it wasn't until I think he said like 2015 that Arnold Stein finally met Stephen King, which kind of blows me away. I would have been like, eh, it seems like these guys have been hanging out like somebody was saying on award shows and at some point would have bumped into each other. But yeah, he apparently told Stephen King this and Stephen King's response was just like, yeah, I know. It's like Stephen King with training wheels or something like that is how they describe rl stein back in the day which i think is funny he, he he thought it was very flattering obviously because i mean come on stephen king's the most fucking successful writer of all time like who wouldn't want to be him yeah stephen king is pretty rad i enjoy his twitter presence i don't enjoy many people on twitter but i have a podcast and i occasionally like to tell my senator my i've got like a, a decent seemingly decent senator and a shitty senator. And every once in a while, I want to tell one thank you, and the other one to fuck himself. And that's pretty much what right. Twitter is really for. You've been super busy with Mike Pence photoshops here lately. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I forgot how much I fucking hate him because he's been so much in the background, which is what you want the guy that's leading your pandemic response team is to forget that he exists. Yes, I, I guess that's definitely the intent. I forgot how much I fucking hated him. You know, uh, Amanda's from Indianapolis, so when they were running, she was telling me all about the terrible shit Pence did when he was in charge of Indiana. Uh. I, you know, like the biggest, uh, this was in her lifetime, like her more adult type lifetime, not the 80s. When Pence was in charge of Indiana, they had like the worst AIDS epidemic. Because of his that's right crazy fucking religious shit, and yeah, uh, <laughs> the roads are all fucked because they don't want to spend. Money. It, Mike Pence is terrible. He's a conversion therapy fuck. Oh yeah, pray the gay away. One of them fucking people. So I might be dwelling on this for a while. I know it's probably. I know in regular internet terms that is so yesterday, but right. You know, when I was <laughs> I was frustrated with the fucking the VP, I didn't watch the VP. I haven't watched any of the debates just for my own fucking sanity. I try and get the highlights on like Twitter, or YouTube or wherever. But yeah, I was really frustrated with the v, the VP debate because literally all I fucking read about what came out of it was that stupid fucking fly and his gross red zombie eye. But like almost nobody was talking about what the fuck was said during any of this. And I was like, God damn it. I don't care about the stupid fly. I want to hear all the awful things that fucking Pence said. Well, let's see. I know he denied <laughs> racial injustice was a thing or systematic racial injustice yeah, he, he was a thing. Something along those lines. Yep. Systematic. He said systematic racism doesn't exist. He, he did. It was almost. Well, OK, I'm not a big Kamala Harris fan. But I obviously right. like her more than him. It's uh, not hard. Yeah. 
but yeah, I've watched all the debates. I've I always watch the debates back when um, I was in like my my more political band. We would wait to start shows until after we all watched the debates at the bar and shit. <laughs> and so it's just, it's been. I don't know if you want to call it a, an addiction or a bad habit or whatever the fuck, but yeah, we sat down, watched, watched this debate. It was kind of like the Mike Pence impression of Trump. He talked about whatever he wanted to talk about, no matter what the question was. Uh-uh. Uh, he interrupted, not as much, but I mean, he interrupted enough that I'm pretty sure Mr. Vice President I'm speaking is probably on a t-shirt. <laughs> And he didn't do too well in the fact check, but they've been the Republican Party, especially. But I'm sure nobody wants this, uh, have been working to remove any actions of fact checking during the debates. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get the live fact check from other places, but he he just did his his regular talking points and he he talked, I think, for twice as much time. Uh, you know, he didn't even really get to his point <laughs> until he was out of time. And then he would just keep talking while she's like, thank you. You're out of time. You're out of time. Cause he had to preamble everything with this thing about how any attack on Donald Trump is insulting to the American people. And the American people are strong because they are the American people. And if this thing that didn't happen would have happened, this other thing would have happened and this would have been way worse than anything that is actually happening right now. And the moderator is just like, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. So the fly came in, I think it was maybe a half hour, 45 minutes in and was on his head for about two minutes. I don't know if it's the same fly. There was a fly that landed on Hillary Clinton in one of her debates last election cycle. It's but the same fly. It's a family the tradition. Election, I, I, you know, election they, had, they do have fly. the short lifespan, so they pass it down generation to generation. <laughs> if, if It would be really cool if it signifies this lands on the person who is going to lose the election. Yeah. It's like a baseball superstition kind of thing. Yeah, the cursed fly of the USA Today debates. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was Mike Pence. It, it was drawn out and boring. You know, I I forget what the fuck he got asked about. I think it was about George Floyd or something like that. And he went off on this pro anti-abortion rant. And then his next wow. question, he started out with going back to that. It's, <laughs> it's... it's no wonder I didn't get any fucking highlights. Nobody knows what the fuck this dude's on about. Uh, and then... She, uh, uh, Harris, she, she also came out with some bullet points, but she seemed to address the questions more or less. There was one question, but I can't remember if it was Pence doing like Trump did and trying to run the debate or if it was the moderator because Pence talked more than the moderator and Kamala Harris combined, both women, uh, his, his, his wife was there giving him permission to look at them. (laughs) Mother, Uh, may I? Mother boy's best friend is his mother um, <laughs> it, it was about will you pack the courts um he's he talking about how the radical leftists like oh like joe, joe biden 
<laughs> I can't even say it without oh, laughing. Man. <laughs> uh, radical leftists like Joe Biden want to undo the the results of the last election, and they want to pack the court with radical leftist judges who don't just read the Constitution, they legislate from the bench, and they're going after Amy Comey Barrett because she's a Catholic, and uh, Harris was like, well, if Joe Biden wins, he'll be the second Catholic president ever. Uh, that just Really? Well, Kennedy was the first one and only one. Oh, uh, that surprises. Yeah. What the did George W. Bush not be like? I'm fucking yeah. Jesus, go go go. <laughs> Most, mostly, they tend to be in religions that the KKK has never spoken out against. Ah, <laughs> or at least not the big two or three that the KKK talks about. The KKK has long hated the Catholics. Yeah. And, um, but, but I don't know. I mean. I haven't paid that much attention to Catholicism since I quit the church <laughs> as soon as I was allowed to. Been on the downslide for uh, a good chunk of my lifetime, for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you had the Nazi Pope, right? <laughs> which 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 one was he? Oh, I mean, right. Or, or, there were there multiple? That, there was the actual one that worked with the Nazis, but that was back then. Uh, Benedict, the one that took over after John Paul II died is called the Nazi Pope. And I, I forget oh. why. I think it was just connections that he had to the Hitler youth or something like that. Or some sort of fascistic group. That's not the Catholic church. That's fun. But anyway, there's a new one now. And he's not super new, but Nazi Pope retired instead of dying. He's and like, I'm done. Yeah. He, he left. I gotta go hide from people wanting to send me to the gulag gonna go hang out new pope took over he did you know he still does catholic church shit but he also did stuff like installing showers for the homeless in vatican city and i was gonna say we still got cool pope right you don't really hear a whole lot about the pope lately i did a paper or like a speech i did a speech about him for my final spanish class i couldn't tell you much more than i've already said right um, I think he's a, Francis <laughs> a Franciscan Catholic or Opus Dei. And I don't know, maybe one of those are the ones that flagellate themselves. He's not that kind, I don't think. Right. Um, the more mellow wing of the Catholic Church. The, <laughs> the mellow part of the Catholic Church. You know, still against abortion and say all these other horrible things. But hey, the oh, planet yeah. is on fire. Yep. Fuck, you gotta take your victories where you can get them these days. See, that's why all you people, all the people that left, because they missed this gold, they missed this gold of our rantings and ravings. <laughs> when we get into the more socio-political stuff, which we don't always separate, but this was pretty easy, I think. Yeah. yeah. But that was pretty much it for the debate. Um... So what's coming up in the next debate? What the fuck's going on with that? I heard Trump didn't want to do a virtual one. So uh, is Biden just doing a town hall thing? And then there's something about like doing a live medical exam of Trump on TV or some fucking crazy shit. Uh, yes. OK, so after Trump came down, well, after it came out that Trump came down with COVID, they decided to move the form. It's still supposed it was still supposed to be a town hall. Where, you know, the candidates stand there and people ask them questions and they answer. And they're not right. 
I mean, they will find a way, but they're not supposed to argue with each other. They're supposed to be talking to the person. Yeah. But yeah, Trump said that um, it's pointless to do a virtual town hall because it's not in person and they can turn on they can turn you off whenever they like. I think is the last thing he said about it was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is what all of us want. Right. Uh, so then um, there were some negotiations. Uh, the Biden campaign, as far as I know, never said, OK, we'll do it in person. But they said, how about we push it to the last debate? Because there's supposed to be another one on the 22nd. They said, how about we make the last debate tentatively in person and it's the town hall? Right. And they said, no you're a loser or something like that. But they, they said no. <laughs> and then, yeah, Biden. Well, there's a loser. They said, how about we do something on the 29th? Or, the, you know, I could just see him running around his COVID ward at the hospital because there's a really good hospital at the White House or medical yeah. area. I don't oh, know fuck, that'd be like five days before election day or something. Yeah. And uh, they said, no. These are the days that the debates are. Do you want one of them to be the in-person town hall? Because the the League of Women Voters used to run the debates. And now this weird, as you would expect, the thing people always complain about, this group of Republicans and Democrats and none of the other tertiary parties run the debates. That's right. why you don't have Ross Perot on stage. That's why <laughs> Gary you, Johnson. Yeah, that's why... You know, uh, what Howie Hawkins, the Green Party candidate, is not at any of the debates. That's why Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian, is not at the debates. <laughs> it's, uh, and there's, um, I don't know. But anyway, they took over. So it's basically the RNC and the DNC, but they're not supposed to be partisan, but whatever, make the rules. It's not. The Biden campaign is making the rules. They, they sort right. of sit down. Now, it wasn't supposed to be digital. It was supposed to be in person. But one of the people yeah. has coronavirus and has not told anyone. Uh, they, have, they have not produced a test that says he doesn't have it. And they haven't told anybody when the last time was that he had a test that said he didn't have it. Yeah, I saw that part. There's doctors are being real shifty, and he got that fucking hilarious photo of all of his doctors standing in their lab coats doing a doing a fucking uh, what you might call it like a, like a meeting of the press type thing. And the meme made me laugh real hard. It was like this is what it looks like when your dinosaur park has gotten out of control. <laughs> <laughs> really, they're there to talk about our president's fucking health and dodging questions like they were bullets in a John Woo movie. We spared no expense, but none of us learned how to lie to everybody in medical school. So here we go. We're going to say things like extremely a lot. He's he extremely, yep. He's extremely healthy. We can't stress him out because apparently if he gets stressed out, he could just turn totally for the worse. So what we might, what we would have said might not necessarily have been true. We weren't lying. Right. Um, wag the dog. These people and, signed so many non-disclosure agreements, I'm sure. Yeah, well, there were two doctors that 
talk to no, I don't think well they signed NDAs but there were two doctors from that hospital government run government paid that's the so scary socialist healthcare that he hates so much yep uh two of those doctors wouldn't sign the NDAs so they were removed not from the hospital but from the job from like this ward or whatever probably yeah, from from the area uh, yeah, that's so kind of fucking insane <laughs> yeah we don't know Which, I, mean, I, I get it there's like i mean there you, there's certain levels of which you can't talk about somebody's health like publicly and definitely with the president like it's kind of a national security thing but like uh i don't know in this case like i kind of feel like they should probably be telling us things like when was the last time he tested negative before he's running around fucking seeing people and doing shit and infecting his limo drivers yeah, he's uh, we are yeah we we are recording this. Uh, this coming week, he's got plans to make appearances at in-person rallies. I think he's gonna have one at the White House, or he, there's gonna be one in conjunction with Candace Owens's Blexit shit. Which I don't know if you know any of that. Nope. <laughs> okay. Do you know who Candace Owens is? Uh vaguely okay she's got a group or whatever the fuck you want to call it called blexit where she's trying to convince um people of color to become right wing huh well i mean i'm sure black republicans are a thing that exists but so okay that's supposed to there's he's supposed to appear on the balcony not like Mussolini at all <laughs> oh yeah those fucking I, that was like yeah where the wag the dog connection really came in strong so i was like man they really made a they definitely hired like a fucking dustin hoffman type character to produce these goofy fucking propaganda videos of him escaping the fucking hospital and yeah, you know, like you said, stand, standing up on the porch like he's some fucking hero. Taking off his mask dramatically. Oh, that, that rant he did about how he loves the drugs he's on, he kept referring to <laughs> by the, the name of the company that makes it and saying right. he's going to give it to everybody for free and send out the military to give it to people. <laughs> it's like bitch i'm high as fuck i'm feeling good i am on strong steroids it's like he turns around and it's a hospital gown flapping he's got like a suit <laughs> hospital gown <laughs> um, you know. and just a fucking iv of crazy <laughs> weird chemicals that are gonna make him radically unstable roger stone is chasing him across the south lawn with a trank dart <laughs> we gotta get him but he got out <laughs> if he loses, we're all fucked. Roger Stone is a guy that I don't think I've ever seen a picture of him where he didn't look coke to the fucking gills. I kind of think Mike Pence wants to look like him. Or are they just <laughs> terrible old Republicans with white hair? And I'm just... Dude, I heard somebody say that Mike Pence looks like a right-wing old Eminem on steroids. <laughs> He just look like a fucking android to me. He's like completely emotionless and bland as possible. Or the the, the evil senator from the X Men. Yep, that one too. Yeah. Cotton, <laughs> Cotton Hill. Or whatever Hanks. Little. Little. Yep, a little bit. 
if he had if he had his actual legs, he'd be <laughs> a slightly younger Cotton Hill. He he apparently do, does it for the the Republican moms out there. I saw something about that on Twitter where they're like, you would be surprised at uh, how much the Republican women like Mike Pence and think he's hot. And I'm just like, oh, really? It's like being attracted to fucking Norman Bates or fucking Ed Gein or something. <laughs> It's got that kind of vibe. He's like a, he's like a male Stepford wife to me, kind of. Only he's like a fucking also a religious nut. I don't know. I don't even want to think too much further than the next few weeks. Yeah, we're coming right up on it. We're like we're about in the same time frame as the Wag the Dog movie. Perfect accidental timing. This this could be the last episode that comes out before the election. I don't know. Shit. Oh crazy. damn. <laughs> that's heavy to think about it's rallying the troops time not well i don't not in a uh michigan terrorist sort of way oh my god that story was fucking bananas too some of them met uh in one of the suburbs here really yeah there there was a thing i don't know how wide it went but i think it was it was one of the local papers here said that some of those guys that got arrested in Michigan met in, uh, I don't remember where, but uh, one of the suburbs called Dublin. I think it's 13 guys so far. Were they the same ones that, like, I think I saw another thing where, like, Facebook apparently went to the FBI, like, 10 months ago and told them about this, and they did fucking nothing about it until now? Sometime during the summer. And I think, okay. I think Bill Barr... Well, I think the FBI was investigating this last time Bill Barr was testifying in front of a congressional committee and saying he didn't know anything about any. Well, of course, he probably is allowed to lie, but he was definitely saying he had no idea what they were talking about with uh, militia. At that point, it was the militia groups. Uh, Because I think they were still doing stuff that was totally legal. (laughs) You know, they were just showing up at courthouses, uh, at the government buildings with their guns. Uh, Yeah. uh, Since they hated the Democrats, they were allowed to walk past the cops and into the building. um, Instead of the whole beaten and gassed in the streets thing that would normally come if you've got a can of soup. Soup for my family. We're gonna totally, <laughs> totally date date this episode. This I hope nobody's episode. gonna nobody's gonna, year from now. Nobody's gonna know what the fuck we're talking about. Probably. He rants and raves so much. I totally missed his soup rant for a couple weeks. Yeah, that's that's the one that I I caught when like the TikTok videos started going around. Which I I don't have an actual TikTok, but a lot of those end up on Twitter and Instagram and places like that. So I finally watched it with sound, and I was like, what the fuck is he rambling about where the hell did i never really got like a solid answer on where the the soup can conspiracy theory comes from that was that was a new one for me i think it stems from there was and is still a lot of civil unrest going on and at these protests after they gassed everybody and beat everybody and arrested everybody they're like look at this stuff that they threw at us it would be like a oh. shoe, a can of soup, uh, stuff like that, and um, some of the some of the pictures that the police departments would put up, like this is a Molotov cocktail, and oh, I swear yeah. I saw like a 
flower pot with a bandana in it. <laughs> like, wag the dog. Yeah. Cops got to put on their own little pageant. It's... I'm pretty sure there's been like numerous people over the summer that have gotten caught like uh, vandalizing their own shit or like the guy in, I forget, it was either like Michigan or Florida or someplace where, uh, yeah, he, he spray painted something really stupid on his garage door and then set like, a dude owned like two boats and a brand new truck and fucking burnt both of them to the ground and then was posting on social media like, oh, thank God they didn't get to the house, these fucking Antifas and Oh, it was the one where on the garage door it says, like, Biden 2020, and then, then there's a really half-assed anarchy symbol next the to Avengers it. Avengers symbol? <laughs> yeah, and people are like, nobody would fucking tag your house with that shit. Are you fucking crazy? That's not, like, no. <laughs> they did it. Of course they fucking did. I think it was Biden-Harris, the Avengers symbol instead of the anarchy sign. BLM and like kill the rich or something like that. Nobody uh, would combine all of those. <laughs> yeah. That, that's some really weird odd couple. If it's okay, I'll help you smash the state, but I want to remind people to vote for Biden and Harris on November 3rd. Yeah. I don't, I don't think violent anarchists are really doing that. So it was definitely like a, you, you burnt it up for insurance purposes kind of deal. Speaking of the technology they use in the movie and shit, I mean, does this, I, I don't, well, how would we ever know? But when is deepfake going to just be rampantly fucking with the elections? Uh, well, I mean, as soon as somebody chooses to use it as a, for its nefarious purposes that it could be used for, I mean, like you said, the technology fucking exists. It's there. It's just. I, it hasn't really come up, at least as far as I know. People using it to be like, oh my God, look at Trump drop kicking a baby here. <laughs> he would totally do the shit like at the end of uh, Dead Zone. Hold, hold the baby up as a human shield. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he would. Yeah, that, that's a scary thing to think about, though. Like, yeah, the technology has come really, really, really far where. I think you could do a pretty convincing job of like fooling people into thinking like, but, but sound, sound is the, the tricky part. It's, it's a lot easier to create an image that like kind of fools people and tricks the mind than it is sound. Like you kind of know what Trump sounds like and you kind of know what Biden sounds like at least to a degree. But like, I, I think that that's, that's a tricky part and kind of where the technology isn't quite there yet where you could like perfectly recreate somebody's voice and, Make him say, like, I'm Donald Trump and I fucked a goat or whatever. Like, actually, I wanted to say that Nazis are very bad people. <laughs> <laughs> that would be using it for, for purposes of good. But, I mean, it's still it's still evil and deceiving. And, yeah, there's 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 plenty of that going on already. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess a part of it is it doesn't really it doesn't really take that much to convince people that already love fucking Trump. Like, I mean, you could present them with like the most obvious scientifically proven evidence, like to the contrary of what they think. And they'll still fucking argue about it. So I don't know. I guess, I guess I just plan on people being so deeply fucking brainwashed that they don't have to get that carried away with it. But I'd be willing to wager that day may come here sooner rather than later. It's going to be interesting times next little bit. Yep. Um, Either way, I don't even... Uh, I might have to pour myself a drink for this. 
I got to get re-registered because I just got junk mail from the Republican Party of Wyoming. And I remembered in the last primary, I registered as a Republican because the fucking Democrats never stand a chance in the state. So I was like, I'm going to do the dirty deed and become a Republican just for this election so I can keep the one really evil fucking Republican guy out and vote for the slightly less evil fucking Republican guy, which... Uh, it still felt like a dirty deed, but yeah, apparently I have yet to uh, <laughs> unregister as a Republican. And I was wondering why I was getting a bunch of like fucking, uh, what's her name? Not uh, fucking Ch the Cheney that's our oh, Liz? house oh, Liz rep. Cheney? Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. Yeah, I was getting a bunch of her junk mail, which of course goes immediately in the garbage. But uh, yeah, I should, I should probably, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter as much in a presidential election, but. I don't know. <laughs> Just make sure you're registered to vote. If you're listening to this, it doesn't really matter, I guess, in this election who you're fucking registered for. Yeah, it is a general election. I would say do not fuck with your registration if if your yeah. uh, if your registration date. Is, well, yeah. I think mine's the nineteenth, so I have a little bit of time. But so you yeah, maybe I if just... you want, but it doesn't matter what party you're in. It's not a primary or a caucus, whatever you have out there. Yeah, I might just not even fuck with it. I think I'm technically, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, in Ohio, I registered for the Green Party back in the early thousands when they were trying to be recognized by the FEC as an official political party. They were right. trying to get numbers up. But every uh, every primary, you just go to the, you know either your voting place or if you vote early... Uh, or what have you, you say which primary you want to vote in, they give you that ballot, and then... You know, and you only vote for that, that party shit, right? Yeah, when you when you vote in a primary, some things are everybody gets to vote on, like if, if there's... Uh, or not, Yeah, sometimes there's citywide issues or stuff like that, which everybody gets to vote on, but yeah, you're picking within the party. When... Uh, when... Uh, in 2016, there were a lot of people I knew around here, and possibly just because he was the governor, but I fucking hate John Kasich, politically and personally. Right. But there were a lot of people who were like, let's vote in the Republican primary so Kasich wins Ohio, and it'll be a defeat Trump. And I don't think Kasich won Ohio, but it didn't fucking matter but i thought that was at that point because uh, um you know our our primary is mid-march right and i think at that point it was too late it had already grown too powerful and i still wanted to fuck it. i'd rather i wanted to vote for bernie in the primary and not for john Kasich. yeah that's that's what i did in the primary God, was I just yelling at you? I feel like I just... <laughs> nope. I mean, um, you might have, but I, I didn't take it as you yelling at me. Do you have Greg Gianforte out there? Or is that a different state? That's got to be a different state. Our, our senators are Barrasso and NZ, I think, and then our House Rep is Liz Cheney. So all Republicans. Barrasso, you see pictured with fucking Mitch McConnell an awful lot for some reason. He's like buddy-buddy with him, it seems like, and... Uh, 
Yeah, I fucking hate all of them. They're all reprehensible scumbags that have definitely voted against Wyoming's interests many, many times and fa totally failed to bail out the fucking coal industry, which took a massive fucking shit in the last two years and oil's not doing much better. But uh, yeah, not, not a lot of alternatives. Like nobody's come up with a better plan. They're just letting these industries fucking die a horrible death and uh yeah it's 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 been ugly and weird around here this has been the ugliest weirdest year i can remember in a long time and everybody's businesses like small businesses are gonna be in the fucking red this year so uh yeah i'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm trying as little as i can to or as much as i can to think about it as little as possible most of the time because i mean yeah i don't know <laughs> It's it's been it's been a, it's felt like a very isolating kind of year too, just because like nothing's happening. We don't go out. We don't see fucking anybody. Um, so yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but what were we talking about? Greg Gianforte. He is Montana. Uh, okay, our our neighbors to the north. Yes, he is the one who. Um body slammed the guardian reporter like the day before the, his election but so many people had already voted early that it didn't fucking matter and he's oh yeah i remember that he's the representative uh for montana at large since 2017 yep. sounds like a great guy and yeah i think montana kind of typically votes along the same lines as wyoming does and it's wild to think that colorado one of the most liberal states in the country is just like a couple hours south of us and how different different politically the two states fucking seem to be i don't know i don't know what it is i think i think oil field culture and type of people and type of thinking and has a lot to do with it i think also we have a lot more people like way over the age of like 50 or 60 here per capita like per capita, everything gets fucked in Wyoming because we only have like 400,000 people in the entire fucking state. So, I mean, it's de definitely a case for where the electoral college is a little fucked, where we have like as many votes as like, you know, <laughs> California or whatever. But yeah, I, I love hearing the argument that somehow switching to one person, one vote is unfair. There's all this language around it about how it'll just mean that the coastal elites will run our country. <laughs> that's like, well, no, there are a lot of people out there, but each person just gets one vote. Well, yeah, you it's... know, <laughs> I don't want to give up my power is the thing. Like here in Ohio, uh, we pretty much vote 50-50 but the Republicans have 75% of the state. Right. Um, we're supposed to redraw our districts after this election. We passed a sort of weak-ass fair redistricting thing, which is fortunate because we got a good ruling to the Supreme Court who overturned <laughs> it, <laughs> sending us back to gerrymandering like fuck that's how jim jordan jim jordan is up north he's i forget his his district looks like a seahorse or some shit and uh one of the biggest population centers is this weird little hook that just juts out to count all the people of a prison 
as uh, people in his state. And, you know, that's weird because uh, those those folks probably mostly can't vote. So <laughs> why the fuck? Part. Yep. But they count as population just like slaves did. That's fucking wild. My district. We've been sort of talking about entertaining the idea of moving and i've just been like i'm not moving until our congressional districts are redrawn because i don't want to accidentally move into some fucked up horrible place because i'm i'm in columbus you said you have 450,000 people in your state roughly i think the population of columbus is 900 something thousand jesus and there's this little tiny sliver of my congressional district that just shoots in from all this other uh, more rural and northern place. Like, I, I think I told you before, but when my dad lived up uh, about uh, 45 minutes away from Cleveland, we were in the same voting district. Oh. It, it took about an hour to drive to his house. But it, there's just this little splinter that shoots into Columbus, but it's a totally safe Republican seat, except for this election. God, this has got to be really boring. We're going to wrap it up, I promise. <laughs> um, the daughter of the doctor that my dad paid a stained glass window to to deliver me when I was born at my parents' house. <laughs> is... Okay, hold up. Right there, that's a fucking fascinating story. So I don't want to hear no bullshit about this being, being boring. <laughs> you, you, you got... The, the you you're, uh, say say that one more time. Okay. <laughs> your, your dad paid him with a stained glass window to deliver you. Yes. Okay. So, the yeah, the daughter of the doctor who my dad paid a stained glass window to deliver me at their house, is running for my congressional seat. But okay. Okay. So my, my parents, <laughs> um, <laughs> my my parents are you know political activists, children of the '60s and '70s, and. I mean, they took me to my first protests in D.C. when I was in third or fourth grade. Right. Uh, they're that type of people. So my mom had my big sister at the hospital. And then she said, fuck that. As she had uh, me at home. And ah. the, the family doctor came and delivered me. And there's pictures uh, like 80s hippies in the 80s partying at a birth <laughs> at a house. And... <laughs> um, my dad has often made stained glass things. He did, uh, I've got a lampshade. He did the windows in the house that I grew up in, the solar system and uh, other shit like that. And that sounds he, cool. He did stuff for a couple churches and it's like his hobby. Right. And uh, he always did stained glass. And, but yeah, he paid the doctor by making him a stained glass window. Yeah. That's fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of shit that like my parents would have done only they were like, I think, you know, much, much poorer. I think my dad was running a mushroom farm at this point in time. So like they were they're, they were like probably doing OK by like country bumpkin standards. But in the, the grand scheme of things, my parents were fucking broke ass fucking hippies living out in a fucking out in the prairie kind of deal. But I, I think yeah, our parents maybe were kind of the same, like, but yeah, both products of the 60s very much. Yeah. Uh, so maybe kind of of the same kind of mind frames. They they probably would have gone to the same uh, Moody Blues or Arlo Guthrie. <laughs> yes. So she is, I just in doing my candidate research, and then my mom called me 
And she said, did you know that Dr. Shear's daughter is running for Congress in Ohio? <laughs> yes, Mom, she's running for my district. My mom lives in North Carolina now. Oh, okay. And, yeah, uh, she is running. It's I can't remember the last time a Republican didn't have the seat. There was a congressman who had the seat, and he never came to Columbus. It's so, so, mu- so seldomly people started having town halls with empty chairs and shit that sort of annoying thing Uh, my dad ran for his seat last election oh and uh but yeah she's running uh against him not my dad uh against against the guy that's in the seat that doesn't show up ever every once in a while i'm like oh cool he didn't vote against that but he never really comes to columbus he's always somewhere out more closer to where he probably lives Right. And, um, but there's also the stereotypical libertarian, which is gonna take votes away from the Republican because his entire campaign statement is against helping people with government money. Yeah. He's, he's not the let's, let's, let's smoke pot libertarian. He's, or maybe he's a uh. cap or I don't even fucking know. But yeah, he's, he's that kind of libertarian. Because there are people that we both, I think, know that call themselves libertarians, so I have to think that there are people like that that are libertarians. But yeah, we actually we know quite a, we know a couple handful of people like that. Um, which uh, God bless them, I guess. <laughs> bless your hearts. But until we get ranked choice voting, every time a third party is in the election, you try to figure out which of the big two is it more likely to split voters from and this guy i would be surprised if he didn't mostly just take voters from uh troy balderson right so who who knows i mean it's gonna be fucking crazy i i think uh when i was talking about this i'm always um I don't know what the word should be. Not motivated. Uh... <laughs> Definitely not motivated. <laughs> well, I mean, I. God damn. I think it's promising that states are having record voter turnout because right. the more people vote, the better, even if they're not all voting exactly as how I want them to. But, you know, the the larger percentage of the population that votes, the larger the chance that the votes result in something that represents the population. And I think that is really important and very underdone. Yeah. The vast majority of the population like things. Things like universal health care or green energy are very popular. They just don't have a lot of representation in government. Right. So who the fuck knows? But you know, if uh, if the if the Democratic Party figures out how to win this election, and hopefully down the board, if they're trying to do any sort of shit, because if Mitch McConnell's in charge of the Senate, I mean, it won't get much worse, but it'll just be nothing. I mean, there's been shit sitting on his desk for three hundred and fifty days. That he hasn't brought for a yeah. So if if they do, it's gonna be it's still gonna be fucking wild from 
whenever, I mean, November until January. That was the time I was the most scared, waiting to get picked up. <laughs> Last day. <laughs> Sharks go in the water. November 3rd, 2020. Oh. <laughs> it's definitely about to get weird. Like, regardless, e- either way, this thing shakes out. Uh, I-, I think weirdness is about the only thing you can guarantee. Yeah. It's going to get weird. It's going to be. Hopefully it's peaceful weird and not like uh, <laughs> one side of the country's fucking shooting at the other side of the country kind of nonsense. Yeah, well, if it, that that will stop being weird and that will be something else. But if, if yeah. it's weird, you know, there's going to be tension, there's going to be confusion, there's going to be uncertainty, there's going to be some nervousness. But weird, I could take some weird. And, you know... <laughs> The everyday normal sucks. We can only go up from this point, I kind of think. Hopefully. Or, you know, we'll all get refugee status. So. <laughs> We're all going to live in our fucking bunkers to the, the rest of the fucking time. It's going to become Death Stranding where the old people got jobs or UPS guys. <laughs> Good thing that border wall is so flimsy because we're going to need to knock it over and beg for help. Or, <laughs> I'm, cl- I'm closer to Canada, uh, but Lake Erie is hard, hard, to, hard to span. But maybe the Mounties will just make me a political prisoner for a little while. And then <laughs> buy my way onto the lifeboat. Here, is this worth anything? No. It's a it's a Trump commemorative coin. <laughs> uh, uh, yep. Good luck spending those. Melt them down. Give them to your socialist friends. They know what to do with metal. <laughs> yep. But yeah, man, is there, is there anything you, you want to talk about? I think we might be done. I think that's about it. I, th- I think we'll end on a positive note and that that one little fucking ass wipe that shot people at the protest in was that in Michigan too? Or was that fucking the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin shooter, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. It was Wisconsin. I know it was somewhere in great lakes area. Yeah, kind of, you got, you got like first degree fucking homicide or something, didn't he? I think so. Is he still fighting extradition? I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I saw, I thought I saw it earlier today. It was like, uh, he's definitely being charged with like, I can't remember what the fucking charge was exactly. Something along the degrees of first degree homicide, which, uh, I was like, good. So that's definitely what that was. So I guess that's not really ending it on as positive a note as I thought it was, but I mean, at least occasionally justice might be dealt. I don't know. I, th- I think you're right. And I think there's still some stuff about that. That's yet to shake out, but uh, I-, I don't know. L- looking optimistic. He probably won't get the gas chamber. Like I think he should, but uh, we'll see. Random, random glimmers of justice. Yeah, or... they do happen from time to time. Yeah, Glimmers of hope. Um, I hope <laughs> speaking of hope, uh, well, do you have any uh, doing the nasty? You're still doing doing the nasty. Yeah, there's two episodes coming out here in October. Uh, we just recorded one, which fuck, I almost forgot there for a second what the movies even were. It was the erotic rights of Frankenstein, the just Franco one, and um, 
Jesus Christ, I've completely forgot what the fuck the other movie was. It's a, it's a really riveting episode about two really mediocre kind of movies, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jesus, yeah, we got we got another one yet to record this month, and I would have to look up look up the list. I know Deep Red is coming up here before the end of the year. I was pretty excited about that one because I haven't seen that in a in a hot minute. But uh, yeah, there's just been a lot of a lot of fun surprises for the most part. I don't know. I guess it's about split between like surprises and movies that I absolutely fucking loathe on doing the nasty. So I think that's part of why Duncan picked me to be on that show is he's like Mark both loves and hates bad cinema. And there's going to be a good, healthy cross section of both on the the video nasty list. We, we also passed the uh, band book week not too long ago. I don't remember if we brought that up on the show at all or anything, but uh I was uh, it made my my viewing of the scary stories documentary very timely too. As I mean, it's all kind of wrapped up in the the, the censorship kind of talks and like what's you know what's acceptable for the general public to consume should be up to the individual and not the fucking government is kind of what that whole show is sort of about. But um, yeah, anyway, that's 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 over in the Teapots Collective with the rest of the uh, the podcast under the stairs, Duncan Incorporated. <laughs> fucking spin-off shows. Uh but yeah, that's that's been pretty much I think I think that show and your show and the the Teapot Summer series is about all I've done for podcasting this year and that shit has kept me plenty busy. Yeah, right. I'm still kind of coming down from all those movies from the summer series. That's like all I watched all fucking summer was uh 2000s horror movies and a lot of them were rewatches and a lot of them were first time watches, but yeah, that was a that was a lot and just with with everything else going on in the world like i have never felt so much like i had to make myself fucking sit down and do podcast over because i'm just like man i really just don't feel like sitting down and watching something like irreversible right now i just i want to watch cartoons i want a beer i want some ice cream i want a whiskey (laughs) It's, it's been like 10 months of that it feels like kind of but uh yeah, who who knows where this shit's going? But we'll we'll keep we'll keep watching crappy movies over on in the nasty, and I'll keep coming over here watching the, the the odd political movie to break up all the fucking trash I usually watch. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 been fun. I, I always like coming on here because yeah, it's like very 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 loose kind of structure to it, and I get to I get to get some shit out of my system, kinda. Hopefully, we will be recording from the same location and not on the run from the gilded gulags <laughs> suede uh, denim secret police yep. it's the suede denim secret police <laughs> <laughs> some dumb rich kid right but um <laughs> they shower me with water but anyway we should probably go before i do any more bad jello impressions <laughs> I thought those were all right, Jello impressions. Oh, thank you. And we will be back soon. I know it's it's been a minute, but weird times, everybody. Don't forget to vote. Don't forget to duck and cover. Get soup for your family.
you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema B, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.